0: What is good, Bruin Bible listeners? It is your host, Will Decker. We gotta get a sponsor in before we start this episode. It's Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA playoffs. Bet Online is your sports Intel headquarters this season, as we have you covered for your insider sports wagering needs. From basketball, Major League Baseball, NHL, hockey, golf, to UFC and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your home. Make sure you check out Bet Online, Get into the action today. So head to the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use your promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Now, to the Bruin Bible. What is up, and welcome to a brand new edition of your Bruin Bible. We got the madman in the house. A fun one on the hands of your UCLA Bruins. We're talking about the linebacking room. We talked about the D-line last week. Brought down some very interesting topics about it, how we felt UCLA had one of, if not the most underrated defensive line, at least within the Pac-12 I think the linebacking room is, you know, shaping out just exactly kind of like that. Uh, Mad Men, how much effort did you put into prepping for this? And two, how was your weekend, my man? I haven't really talked to you since everything has gone on. Well,
1: brother, you know, always ready to talk UCLA ball. So the the prep happens both directly and indirectly. You know, it happens directly through searching for information, as I know you and I do really well. And then it happens indirectly through just dreaming about it and eating about it and breathing about it and sleeping about it, you know, because that's what we do. We love our Bruins. So always ever ready to, to talk UCLA football. I'll give you the same line that I give my dentist every time I have to see her. You know, shout out to Mackenzie here in Westwood. Uh, she's like, you know, she sort of the chair leans back and she's like, you know, we may have to do some some work on your teeth that may hurt. But what, uh, what should I put the television on? I said, listen, you, you, as long as you keep it on a sports channel, you can set me on fire and I'll be fine. So, you know, as long as we talk UCLA football, I'm in a great spot. But, brother, it was a great weekend, long weekend, Memorial Day, and a very special one on two fronts. You know, two very, very special people's birthday. You know, first and foremost, of course, is Will Dirty Decker, my co-host over here you know he's uh 19 years young ladies so you know just so spry and you know so much more of life to go and so just so thrilled that you got a great opportunity brother to to celebrate with loved ones and and sounded like it was a great great weekend and then you know my mom had her birthday on on monday so we had a great time with the family so lovely memorial day weekend and and back into the week and let's talk the ucla bruins
0: Yes, sir. Shout out to Mrs. Madney. Happy birthday, sending your way. And just two years away from the bar for me, uh, myself. So, going to be fun. <laughs> not I'm just playing. I am not 19 <laughs> years old. I am in my late 20s. And for Madman's dentist, let's hope he doesn't have one of those Elon Musk flamethrowers because he <laughs> makes it your wish when it comes to getting the root canal next time you're in there. We broke it down into four linebacking groups, Madman. I put a lot of prep work into this. It got me excited. Nothing gets me more excited than talking about our UCLA Bruins. So we've got four categories uh, of the, you know, we're going to talk about eight players in total, two players for each category. We are not including Liatu Latu and Carl Jones Jr. as they are edge rushers, Madman. I think they are more defensive linemen as, you know, 80 to 90% of their snaps, they're rushing the passer. I cannot convinced myself that they are linebackers in the traditional sense of the word but we're going to start with the faces of the group it just makes too much damn sense madman and the two guys darius muasau and olufemi Oladejao. Oladejao transferring in muasau a former transfer himself both had over 90 tackles last year and both were the guys that you watched in spring ball just going holy hell they're taking a the next step forward they're doing things that we weren't able to see them do last year. And Mwasa, for as good as a year he had with UCLA last year, second team All Pac-12, had his third season at the D1 level with 90 plus tackles. You went into that spring ball and watched him play, and you're going, he can go up a level. He can even be even better this year in his second year at UCLA. And Oladeja, I mean, you knew how I felt about him when we talked about our spring practices. This guy is massive, six foot three, 250 pounds can run like a gazelle, and I just think with that talent level, we saw it in spades last year. You know, He had 14 tackles against Notre Dame, 17 against us when we played Cal. That talent level combined with the best linebacking coach around in Ken Norton Jr., I just think he's going to be the best linebacker not only in the Pac-12, but maybe in the West Coast as a whole if everything goes right for Ola Dejao. What do you have to say about these two gentlemen? Because I don't think they're getting enough preseason prep about how good that these linebacking group can be for UCLA. Well, Will, you know, you, you set it up so well. And a couple of things I'll, I'll say
1: right off the bat. How exciting is it to talk UCLA football where we're legitimately talking about four groups of individuals at a position level? And so when you sort of zoom out and you talk about depth of talent on this roster, That's really not a conversation we could always have and certainly not a conversation we've consistently been having the last five, 10, 15 years. So the mere fact that we're having this opportunity to dialogue and engage four deep, you know, four couplets deep at a position, first of all, speaks to where this program is going and where the excitement level is and and needs to continue to grow. Will, I think these are the two guys that when you look at them, as you mentioned in spring ball, they were the two guys that were ready to hit people. You know, that that spring ball was a formality. It was an obligation. It was kind of a nuisance for them, you know, to have to just sort of play this sort of touch football. I mean, Moasau hit a guy every time he, every chance he got. And, you know, Chip kind of yanked him out of spring ball (laughs) a couple of times and had him sit on the sideline and Dejao also you could tell you know when when they sort of made contact with other players like there was a little extra emphasis there and when you break these two guys down it really is a situation of the the athleticism uh, of Dejao and then the tactician of Moase and you know when you sort of see that complement you said it best well we starting with Moase just tactically an incredible linebacker, knows for the ball, tremendous instincts. You can see the confidence oozing now year two in this system with this personnel. And when you talk about kind of making a jump three straight years, 90, 90, you know, plus tackles, but it was his first year in three years that he didn't have a hundred tackles. So as good as he was, there was an opportunity to even take it further. You know, you made the great comparison several months ago in season where he had those flashes of Manti Teo when you know, getting his two interceptions, two huge interceptions. And then, of course, just being the tackling machine. So I see him as truly a pillar and anchor of this defense. And then Ola Dejau is just a specimen, Will. I mean, and, you know, it's just, it's remarkable what he's been able to do. I, I sort of think of Ola Dejao, you know, when we saw him live, you know, the dimensionality was hard. It was hard to sort of even kind of understand the proportions of this young man. DK Metcalf came to practice a number of times and watching the two of them kind of just stand close to each other, you sort of got an understanding like, oh my God, this guy's an absolute freak and a specimen is going to do amazing things. And what I sort of equate Ola Dejel, you and I obviously NBA guys, he sort of reminds me of young LeBron in Cleveland right? You know, just that physical freak who can just do a little bit of everything. You you can see him get into the box and get it behind the line of scrimmage, sack quarterbacks, stuff running backs. You can see him cover tight ends. You can even see him covering slot receivers. I mean, there's just a ranginess to him where he can kind of do it all. And I, I look at him going from Cal to UCLA as Cal kind of being that Cleveland Cavaliers team of the 2000s with you know, Paul Silas as coach and Mike Brown as coach, where not really that structure, and it was just kind of LeBron being athletic. That's kind of what Ola was at Cal last year, a bad Cal team, not really good coaching, but the guy found a way to just have exceptional production. Now he goes in under the tutelage of Ken Norton Jr., much in the way LeBron then went from Cleveland to Miami under the tutelage of a Pat Riley, under the tutelage of a Spole and it really sort of unlocked his game in terms of a greater understanding of the game. You know, LeBron's efficiency went through the rule. He, he was picking his stop spots. He sort of mastered the game. And I think that there's an opportunity here for Oladijao to start mastering his position, where not everything needs to be about athleticism, of which he has in spades, but him reading and react to, reacting to offensive formations, player personnel, different packages. And I think when you put him together with Moasau, It's going to be a magical combination. There is an argument, Will, that those two guys, coupled with how you want to categorize and classify a Latu and a Jones, which is a separate conversation, that might be the best position group at UCLA this year. There is an argument to make, as decorated as the quarterback room is, as deep as the running back room is, that's how good these two guys are and how high
0: you and I are both on them. In terms of depth, I completely agree. I don't remember a room where you can get to maybe your fourth or fifth guy and you're feeling very confident. Don't worry, folks. We're going to get to those in just a couple minutes. But I wanted to bring this question up to you. Are these, you know, maybe at the end of the season, the two best linebackers within the Pac-12? I did a quick Googling, you know, around the conference. We're going to be previewing uh, later in the summer how UCLA's units compare to the rest of the Pac-12. But I know you got a Mason Cobb transferring from Oklahoma State to USC right now. And then you got Kareem Reed from Utah, Uh, you know, very stout linebacker out there. You know what you're getting with a Whittingham defense. But I'd make the case, knowing what we know from Muwasao, how it was a transition year for him, a learning curve, switching to UCLA, getting off of his native island of Hawaii, and making second team all Pac-12, he's got a level up to go to. You know, we saw in the spring he was everywhere. You know, sideline to sideline, you could tell how flexible he was in terms of learning the defense and his knowledge among it. And then you have Ola Dejao, who has all the physical tools in the world, and you're already seeing him call out plays on defense and putting guys in the right positions in spring practice. Long story short, is this the two best linebackers within the conference on paper right now? Yes, Will,
1: it is. And I think that we can say that very confidently, obviously. And we'll we'll get into that later in, in the summer about the, the position breakdowns. But Oregon's got some guys. They've got a nice package. Washington's got some guys. They've got a nice package. Obviously, you mentioned anyone coached by by Whittingham at Utah. They're going to be really well coached. To me, it sort of stacks up a little bit with Mwasau and Oladijo at UCLA, and then Cobb and Jamil Muhammad at USC. You know, when you talk about combo, and Muhammad is kind of the athletic guy, the way Aladijo is. Cobb is more of that traditional linebacker tackling machine, the way Moasau is. If you look on paper or on the field, Moasau is better than Cobb, and Aladijo is better than Jamil Muhammad right now. And so to me, this is no question that with these two guys, and then you pepper in whoever you want linebacker three and four to be, depending on down, depending on distance, depending on situation.
0: This is the best linebacking group in the Pacific Twelve Conference. And we're going to move to the forgotten ones. This is the second you know, level of the linebacking group we're talking about. And that comes with two guys. We've seen flashes from both these guys. I thought one took a real big jump last year. One guy hasn't played a snap of football in over 16 months. But is somebody I think UCLA fans should really have on their radar come fall camp to really make a jump, given his pedigree, given where he was, and given what we saw from him in limited action in 2021. Those two guys are John John Vons and Ali Cahal. Ali Cahal, former five-star, you know, linebacker from Alabama, transfers to UCLA. Limited snaps. He had three sackals, uh, three sacks, and five and a half tackles for a loss. And then you get the likes of a John John Vons. He was the, the the tone setter, if you will, for UCLA last year. You felt a big hit coming always with John John Vons in the open field. I thought he progressed as much as anybody on that defense last year in terms of mastering the playbook, getting in and making plays. Uh, the biggest threat to Vons is does he leave for baseball? He has been outstanding on the baseball diamond this year in 2023, and the MLB draft is going to be at the end of June. So we don't know what his you know kind of future is like i hope he returns to ucla to play football whereas k we don't know if he's going to be healthy or not because we just haven't seen him in over a year of action talk to me about these two guys because these are the forgotten ones of the bunch but boy if we get both of these guys back that is i mean it's the deepest linebacker we've ever had at UCLA. no doubt Will. no doubt
1: and and it's so interesting
0: and it's kind of a testament will
1: to how much time goes by quickly But then at the same time, when you look back maybe just a year or two years ago, that feels like a decade or two decades or a generation in college football. Let's wind the clock back, Will, to late summer, early fall of 2021. That's when you and I met, if you recall. The first time we met was, you know, late August, early September of of 2021 i remember the first podcast you and i did yeah. i was actually in denver you know for a in, in a hotel room and, and that's uh, and ironically enough i might have been wearing this same sweatshirt so maybe that's more of a sign that i need to go shopping but you know that's another story for another day but you know you and i met and we talked about you know kind of the new impact players and now the transfer portal is something that has become very mainstream and it's also become just a staple of the Chip Kelly strategy moving forward. But 18 months ago, 20 months ago, that was still a very foreign concept. And in many ways, Ali Kehow was that trailblazer for Chip and UCLA into the transfer portal. Remember, there was so much rave reviews about this kid who's five-star recruit from Alabama, leaves the great Nick Saban to come to UCLA the opening game against Hawaii, he blocks the punt. He has a sack. He makes this huge impact. And you're looking at him as the staple of this team, as the anchor, as LB1 really moving forward. And so it was with those hopes and those aspirations that Kehow came on the scene. And now we move forward 18, 20 months. And we're talking about him being potentially linebacker three, four, five, and just kind of a rotational piece. So it speaks to just how quickly time goes by. But at his best, will Ali Kao actually stylistically plays most similar to his coach. If you look at old Ken Norton Jr. tape and how Ken Norton Jr. stayed stood in the box, how he sort of, you know, rubbed off on tight ends and, you know, guys coming across the middle, the nose for the ball, always looking where the running back is, that's kind of Ali Kao. You know, that same level of physicality, that same level of urgency and intensity that Ken Norton Jr. played with the Niners, with the Cowboys, is what we see out of Ali Keough. And so if he can stay on the field, that compliment, that physical compliment to the tactician that is Moa and the athlete that is Oladijo, the sky is absolutely the limit. And then you couple that, Will, with John John Vaughn's. I think the best way to describe John John Vaughn's in 2022 was – the old kind of Scott Van Pelt line in ESPN where he's like, ah, he was just messing around and he got a triple double. It just felt like John John Vaughn was just kind of messing around the whole season and, you know, had big sacks, had 40 tackles, had some big interceptions, had that big one against Washington that really kind of set that tone in that game and really gave UCLA the momentum and the biggest win of the year to that point. You could just see that he was sort of relying on his versatility and athleticism And that overcame so much. So to me, if he comes back a second year and can put that experience and that skill now together with just his natural athletic instincts, the sky is the limit. And the comp for me will, with him, obviously long way to go, but stylistically he reminds me so much of Derwin James with the Chargers and just where the Chargers use Derwin James, how they move him around. There's just, he just feels like that queen piece on a chessboard. You can just do a little bit of everything with John John Vaughn's, you know, he can be your thumper. He's sort of a hybrid linebacker safety. slash yeah. safety. Exactly. Yeah. And in that thumper. So the two of those guys, if this was 2015, if this was 2005, if this was 2000, we're talking about these two guys as being tier one at UCLA. So the fact that they're tier two, a, is just a testament to the depth. And these guys are really great players.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I would say if Kehow was ready to go in spring ball, there's a case that he may have had a jump on the third linebacking spot. Yeah. We know Muwasa, we know Oladeja are like the top two linebackers we have. But when it comes to that third spot, you know, I would say How may have gotten a jump on that. The fact he didn't play, I think, is going to hurt him a little bit. I know he's a five-star, but look at what John John Vaughn did last year. 53 total tackles. You mentioned the Washington interception. He had two on the year, once against South Alabama as well. And you nailed it perfectly. He is a hybrid safety linebacker. And, you know, when he is in the right position at the right time, I know he got burned by Jordan Addison in the USC game, but I think it was more of an out-of-place type (laughs) thing on that one. But. I think with him, it's if he's in the right place at the right time, he's a great coverage guy. I mean, we've seen it with the interceptions and the turnover rate that he possesses. He had the most interception, tied for the most interceptions on the team last year. So, John John Vons, I think, has a real high level to go to, and it's exciting time to have him in our linebacking room. You saw Ken Norton Jr. make the, maybe the biggest difference with him last year. Hopefully, we can get another year out of John John Vons on the football diamond. The six men, this is the kind of the backup unit. But they are, you can still win six man of the year. You can still be an elite bench player coming off for UCLA. I got two guys for this Madman. Kane Madrano and Joe Brian Struther, two guys that have been in the system for a long time, entering their fourth year respectively for UCLA. Madrano 38 tackles last year. Brian Struther, you know, 28 himself, I believe. So you have these two guys that know the system, know where they're supposed to be. We saw them in Spring ball. They looked very competent. like if, if it came down to these guys, I would expect them to make a play, you know, coming in and, you know, being a part of this defense and kind of lining up and just having these experienced vets be the fifth and sixth players in the linebacker know, we're talking about. How many other teams has this luxury? Because I feel like it is just such a gift that we're getting this experience back on the bench for UCLA Mad Men.
1: Absolutely, Will. And I think you you said it really well. And what I really love about somebody like Madrano in particular, you know, you talked about the stats. Twenty-six solo tackles, Will. So it's not like he was just a helper and in the right place at the right time. You know, he's finishing these plays last year, uh, you know, with with all the other talent that was out on the field. And he also had an interception. So you're talking about the the variety in terms of skill set where these guys can kind of come in. Obviously injuries happen in football every year, every game, every play. We wish our guys nothing but the best that they stay healthy, but there's a reality that these guys are going to get on the field. And as a result of that, I don't think you feel like you're really having any sort of a significant drop off. And so I think to me in many ways, these, you know, it's the sixth men that sort of are the barometer for how far your program is going. You know, think about when we sort of zoom out a little bit, Will. Think about these great Alabama teams of the last 10 years. Let's think about the Georgia teams the last two years. Look at the depth at linebacker they had and how they were able to just sort of reload and retool at that particular position group. The guys who were drafted go even further back. Look at those USC teams in the Pete Carroll era with Mauluga and Cushing and Rivers and all of those guys. And look who the backups were and how they kind of came in. Go even further back to, you know, the the, the Miami teams of, of, you know, 2000, 2001, 2002. So in many ways, the barometer of how you stay consistent year over year is how deep you are at the linebacker position in particular, because that's kind of your anchor defensively. And so the fact that we have such competent players in that regard really takes it to the next level and you want guys in the words of bill belichick after a certain level in the depth chart to just do their job and because you've got the Dijals and you've got the specialists like latu and you've got these physical freaks like carl jones and john john Vaughns, you need guys who are just going to be situationally sound have gap integrity know how to wrap up no missed tackles no mistakes no penalties and this is where you're sort of building that discipline and
0: depth. So I really like where we are with the sixth men. And just two huge human beings too. Oh, yeah. Brian Struthers, six foot three, 240. He's a sophomore on paper. He redshirted his first year here. And then you got Kay Madrano, who's, you know, three years of experience has been a guy that's flashed. You know, he had that big interception in, in, against USC yeah. in that ball game. So he's made some big plays when his number has been called so guys that you just trust in situations because they've yes. been there before and to have that you know as a rotational linebackers at that point that's just a gift from god ucla fans were blessed and if we weren't blessed enough we have gone through our first three categories the faces of the linebacker room the forgotten ones and the six men we've got some studs on the way man man some freaking studs and you always bring this up when you describe the Warriors. And I am a Warriors fan. Uh, pedigree. We have a lot of pedigree when it came to it. Steph Curry's father played in the NBA. Klay Thompson's father played in the NBA. Draymond Green went to a very credible institution at Michigan State. Learned from some of the best. Steve Kerr. You know, he played for Phil Jackson and Popovich. I don't know how there's better pedigree as a coach than that guy. This guy was born to be a coach, given that he was playing with those two guys. With these two guys coming in, we got Jalen Woods, who's been on campus for a year, six foot-one, 210-pound linebacker. And then Trey Edwards, the four-star linebacker. And what I love about these guys, outside of them being, you know, very competent players and probably going to be stepping in the limelight as soon as next season, maybe even this season, worst case scenario for UCLA, is that these guys respectively come from arguably the two best institutions of football on the West Coast. Jalen Woods coming from Bosco. Yep. And our guy Trey Edwards coming from modern day. modern day. These are the programs you want to recruit from. These are the pipelines you want to build. And just having these two guys from those two programs is special. And you look at Jalen Woods. He had offers from Oregon and Miami he chose to come here. Trey Edwards had offers from just about you know half the SEC, big name programs. Your Auburns, your Arkansas, your Texas A&Ms, you name it. USC, he spurned USC to come to UCLA. So, I mean, that just shows you how much Trey Edwards wants to be a Bruin. Talk to me about these two guys, because I feel like we're in good hands even after this, knowing we got Ken Norton Jr. manning the bus, and these two guys maybe leading a pipeline to UCLA.
1: No, absolutely, Will. And I think you said it best about the pipeline pipeline and pedigree. And what it reveals is two things. It's, in many ways, this group is, you know, like an online dating platform, right? Where it's, you know, both sides have to swipe right you know, to, to be able to make this thing work. And for UCLA to have the appeal, uh, both athletically, academically, coaching the whole, the whole shebang, as you and I have said, is maybe the most unique package in all of college athletics of, of what this institution is all about, to be able to pull from the two preeminent high school programs in Southern California. But then on the flip side, for UCLA to to look in in these young men and say hey we identify these guys as potentially the linebacking future of our program and what you're going to get with these two guys is a winning mentality they're going to come in they're gonna really be ready to learn to compete and to have the right attitude and that's what you want and and it sort of goes back to that old saying You and I have talked about this a lot, Will. Ryan and the two of us have talked a lot about this, where the good teams, the coaches lead, and the great teams, the players lead. And essentially what you're doing is you're creating a culture of player-led performance and player-centric leadership. And so with these two guys coming from Modern Day and Bosco, the biggest games, both on television. They've got experience playing on television. They've got experience playing for championships. They've got experience playing against the top competition of their age group. They've got experience in high-pressure situations. They've got experience playing in front of tens of thousands of fans in hostile environments. They've got experience being the hunted. All of these things, you cannot just show up and teach. These are all intangibles. And so these guys are actually starting their careers at second base. They're not starting at home plate. And so now when you couple that with what Ken Norton Jr. brings to the table, you're going to round these guys out where 12 to 18 months from now, these are the stars of your team. They're built to, to, to succeed physically, but culturally and mentally, they're also built to succeed. And you know that, look, in a catastrophic situation, in a game environment, potentially even a season environment, you're sort of decimated by injuries in a season, you can throw them in and yeah, they're going to make a few mistakes here and there because they're young, but they're certainly capable of making all of the plays. And so that's what really excites me of, of bringing these guys in. And we'll just to close the Warriors analogy, because you know, you know, they're run like a venture capital group that to just bring it all the way home. You know, the Warriors are really well run when, you know, now former uh, president and GM Bob Myers won a national championship at UCLA on the 95 national championship team. And, oh, by the way, Joe Lacob did his master's degree at UCLA too. So it's it's a Bruin-led organization, which is why they're so successful.
0: Yeah, UCLA fans, I know the majority (laughs) of you guys are Lakers fans, but show some love, man. Lacob and Bob Myers, alumnus of this fine institution, Madman, so much fun as always to break this down with you. One final question. Is this the deepest linebacking unit? Is this a top five linebacking unit, I guess, is what I'm trying to say in the entire country. Ooh, wow.
1: Oh, man. It's, it's It's a bold statement, Will, but, you know, it's interesting because when you say it, the natural reaction is, whoa, 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 that's a bold statement. But you let it sit for a few seconds, and then you sort of go through the analysis that you and I went through, and the conclusion very quickly is, no question, west of the Mississippi. And then the, the, the conversation then, well, okay, how, how would they stack up against Ohio State and Michigan and Wisconsin and some of those teams, and then obviously you got the SEC teams. I think if not top five, it's certainly top 10 in the country. And so I think this is going to set up UCLA for, I think they're going to be in every game it, with this with this group. And so now it's going to come down to, like, I'll make a bold statement. UCLA is not going to lose a game by more than 10 points this year. And so now it's going to come down to, okay, it's going to be late game execution on either offense or defense, may come down to a penalty or two, executing your plays, a turnover or two. But this group gives you an opportunity to be competitive in every game. And that's something we couldn't always say. Even the last two years, we couldn't always say that. The defense sort of let us down from time to time, not with this group, not with this
0: anchor. Yeah, and it does sound insane. And I went through all of the different phases. It's like, do we have the experience out there? Yeah, we do. We have two plus. 90-plus tacklers coming back, not even including Muwasa's 200 tackle seasons back at Hawaii. Do we have the depth? We're as deep as any UCLA linebacking group in the history, at least from what I can remember, in the 2000s. For sure. You have the young guys we talked about. You have John John Vons. You have the five-star caliber players and Ali Kehow. You have just a little bit of everything. And Then you top that off with the tutelage of Ken Norton Jr. I mean, it's just when you have the coaching, you have the depth, you had the experience. I don't see how it can't be. So I'm really, really pumped about this UCLA unit. Make sure you guys are liking and subscribing to the LAFB UCLA channel. Uh, make sure you're liking and subscribing to the Bruin Bible. Madman and I are on once a week uh, for the rest of the year, I believe. I don't think we're going to slow down on our once a week promise to the listeners here. Uh, any parting thoughts? Thriller, it's always such a pleasure to,
1: to do this with you and, uh, you know, just thrilled. And, and it's not just for the, you know, the rest of the season. I feel like it's going to be for the rest of eternity that, that you and I are going to be on once a week for our Bruin Faithful. So really excited to, to be part of this with you as always. And, um, you know, to all of our fans, thank you for always supporting us. As Will said, like and subscribe uh, on YouTube and all of our channels on social And until next time, we are the L.A. Football Network, the Bruin Bible, and Will, my man, is back, you know, the Magic Man. And uh, we are out until next time. Thriller, always a pleasure to do this with you.
0: Always a pleasure, my man. Uh, We will see you guys soon. Take it easy. Is up, Brewing Bible listeners. We have another advertisement for you. We are so lucky to be sponsored by the great people at Athletic Greens. Uh, I started taking Athletic Greens specifically because I was lacking energy, lacking focus throughout the day, and needed some special pick me up ingredients to make things happen in my life. Athletic Greens has done just that. I've become absolutely addicted to the process. It has over 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, adaptogens to make your life easier uh, by doing this during the day. I like to take it to start my mornings off. I like to do it before a workout. Makes you feel energized, focused, and just have a lot more energy throughout the day than I typically expected. Right now, is the, it's the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. Uh, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Uh, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to be give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com LAFB. Again, that is athleticgreens.com LAFB to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance, Athletic Greens, a game changer when it comes to your health and your focus and your mindset.